Hello and welcome to True Confessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins, and today, as always, we are hearing 100% real-life stories from property management professionals. If you are a first responder, ER doc, or work in DC, we all expect you to have OMG stories, but a property manager, yep, you better believe it. In an industry where fire, flutter, blood is a normal saying, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today, we're talking to Alicia. Remember, all names have been altered, communities, locations, and companies excluded, and the only thing you're going to hear is the juicy details of her story. Enjoy! Okay, Alicia, are you ready? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, just to remind you, we're going to start with an OMG story And please end us on a high note. We want to go out uh, with smiles on our faces uh, throughout the rest of our day. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay. So what is your first story? Um, So my first story was my very first year in property management. It was, let's take it back to 2012. Um, And I happened to be a resident retention associate. And was just really focusing on making sure residents were happy. And this day happened to be several phone calls in our office about a crazy amount of music that was coming from a particular apartment. And the door was wide open. And it was a lot of really heavy metal music. And a lot of residents had a huge concern with the noise level. It was shaking the windows of adjoining apartments. So we had started with courtesy phone calls to kind of let the resident know that they needed to bring the volume down um, and was unable to get a hold of the resident. And um, at that time, um, I just kind of decided that it would be a really beneficial idea to just go knock on the door because if the music is really that loud, they're probably not able to hear their phone when we're trying to call them to be nice um, instead of just pounding on someone's front door. So I got in our little golf cart and this is a really large property. So I drove to the other side of the property and I actually lived on site at the time. And it was an apartment that was directly across from mine. So I started walking up the stairs and you could hear the music when you pulled into that little section of the development and you could hear it from the ground floor. And this happened to be on the third floor as I'm going up the stairs, I can still hear it and it's getting louder and louder. So I'm understanding exactly where the residents have their concern from. As I kind of turn and pivot to go knock on the front door, the door is open and the gentleman is standing there. And I start to open my mouth when he literally pulls the trigger on a gun and shoots himself in front of me it was the craziest thing I had ever seen in my entire life. It was my first year in property management. I like am actually now shaking, just like kind of imagining it all back in my brain all over again. There is no air left in my lungs right now with the amount of shock that that just landed. Yeah, it was, it was probably the most shocking experience of my life. I had never, I mean, I've heard of like, people and suicide awareness and making sure in properties that we have a system in place in the event of something ever occurring. I never thought I would walk up to a resident's front door and that would be the scenario that ensued. Um, 
after that, it was just a matter of getting a hold of emergency services and then also our management team. Because at that time, like I wasn't in management, so I really didn't know how to diffuse that situation or really what to do. I mean, in an emergency, I'm I just sure know. you were well, still in shock, right? I mean, uh, you're sitting there in probably physiological and emotional shock. Yeah, it um, it was a really interesting situation to, I mean, you never think that you're going to go to work and you're going to see something like that. I'm not a police officer. I'm in property management. Um, so you don't think that that's ever going to happen to one of your residents. Um, but yeah, that's probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in property management. And you lived, you lived by that apartment. Did you wind up having to move? Yeah, so I actually lived, if you look directly from my front door, you would see his front door. Um, so yeah, my property manager allowed me to move to a different location in the development just so I didn't have to constantly um, just remember that and kind yeah. of relive that trauma over and over again. Um, and within a few months, the company had realized that it was probably beneficial to um, moved me to another location as well. So I ended up going and working at another property within a few months of that situation occurring. Wow. Well, that is for sure a traumatic OMG story. And I'm so glad that you shared it with us today, even though it probably brought back um, some not very fond memories. But that's what this podcast is about, is about saying, hey, look, we're just property managers. But what we deal with, fire, flood, and blood, like that is absolutely insane you do not expect to go to the office and then have to witness that um what other crazy stories do you have um (laughs) nothing as as crazy as that one but another pretty interesting story is we were doing um a property inspection because we did have the constable come out and lock the door to one of our apartments and we had processed an eviction only for us to come in a few days later and notice that the door was wide open Um, so the police came and we were clearing the apartment only to find that there had been squatters that had decided to take up and live in the apartment. Um, and when we were walking through and like opening doors before we found the actual people, we had heard some noises coming from the stove. And normally when you think of something like that, you think there's maybe like a mouse behind it or something. You don't think like a lot of things rustling around near a stove would be anything crazy, only for a police officer to open the stove and us to find a baby inside of it, like wiggling around and trying to make noises. Um, And that's when we actually found the people because essentially when we opened the stove and like, of course, the very first response was to grab the baby because who puts a baby in an oven? Um, So we grabbed the baby and the baby started screaming. So then the people came running out of the back part of the apartment, which essentially triggered the police officers to have like weapons drawn and trying to figure out how to defuse the situation. Um, How old was the baby? It was a newborn. It was a very, very tiny baby um, that was wrapped up in a bunch of blankets. And that's why when I heard like the rustling, I was like, maybe this is a mouse. Like I've never seen a mouse in one of these apartments but maybe it please be a mouse. Like I didn't want it to be like something weird. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm holding this. You open and there's a baby yeah, in I'm, the oven. I'm holding a baby essentially. And 
Um, the officer is like, I need you and the baby to walk out of the apartment. We're going to figure out exactly the scenario um, with why these people are in here because this is supposed to be a vacant apartment. And um, the people actually got arrested and the baby went into child services. But it was it was really crazy to have that all unfold. You don't think that you're ever going to find a baby in an oven. Um, I'm really grateful that it, like they weren't cooking anything when they thought to stick their child in there. Um, (laughs) I laugh because it seems so absurd, but I mean, it's absurd just to put the baby in the oven, but you hope that maybe they were just so scared that they did it out of protection mode. Yeah. Like protection mode, you know? And I think it was because they thought that was like probably the most soundproof location um if it starts to cry or something like that because they were trying like when they were explaining to the police officers they were trying to be quiet because they didn't want anybody to find them because they thought they could stay in the apartment um I see and so I think what their thought process was was an oven keeps like you don't hear things cooking so if the baby started to scream would you hear it in the oven I think it was their like (sighs) fight or flight mode was to protect themselves from that situation of being found um, because they had no other place to go. So they did go into custody and then ended up going to um, a center that could help them. But yeah, the baby went into protective care. Alicia, your stories are very vivid, but at least (laughs) you ended that one on a somewhat good note is that they got some help and went to a center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hopefully somewhere someone knows that, Oh, the rest of the story that we'll just, imagine that it turns out really really happily for them yeah I, I always hope that things have happy endings but yeah always so do we, do we have that said, this podcast we try and end on one of those happy endings do you have a good happy story for us I do in my many 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 years of property management um I do have one story that is just so amazing to me um I had relocated and was brand new to the area, had no idea kind of about anything. And so I would be at my property pretty late and order food. And I'd have a resident that stopped in every once in a while just to see like if I was okay or I was going to leave because it was like eight o'clock and we had closed at six. And he was just very nice and very attentive. Um, When I was leasing the apartment to him, um, he had mentioned that he was in the middle of going through a pretty terrible divorce and he didn't know what his custody situation was going to look like with his children. And he was kind of in tears and I just really felt for him and was excited that we would be able to help him through his transitional period as our resident. he had only signed a six month lease and I knew it wasn't going to be a forever home for him, but it was definitely going to be something that he could come back to and decompress and really just start to process everything that he was going to be doing. Um, I like to tell my staff, we are people of many hats. Sometimes I have to be people's therapists and I'm happy to do that because people need to talk. Um, so on some of those days that I would end up staying late, he would bring pizza from a local pizzeria that I wasn't familiar with. And he would just sit and kind of share his heart with me as I would work. And, um, it just kind of became a regular thing. Um, twice a week, he would come down and make sure that I had, Uh, food or make sure that I was trying to get out of the building quicker and just kind of go through the process of him kind of understanding. I felt like I became his therapist, him kind of understanding what he was going through. Um, Right before his divorce and his transition line. Yeah. And right before his six month lease agreement came up, 
he kind of had a breakdown in my office just saying, I don't know what to do. I really don't want my wife to leave and I really want to stay together as a family and I don't know how to advocate for that. And my advice to him was, and I know like giving people advice is a really difficult situation when we're in property management and we help them to manage their homes and things of that nature. But I really just felt compelled to tell him, if this is truly how you feel, the person you should be expressing this to is your wife. And I don't know what entirely your situation is because you've never shared that with me, but the person you really need to go and tell this to, because I'm sure she needs to hear it, is your wife. Um, he moved out on when his six-month lease contract expired. He, his divorce had been finalized. And I was at that property for another four and a half months when his ex-wife walked through the door and said, um, are you Alicia? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. Come on in. Um, she asked me a few questions about the property. And then she really just was like, started crying and said, I actually came to the property to thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I think and, I I, too. <laughs> and I was like, thank me for what exactly? And she was like, you, let me suck it up for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were kind of a guiding light in our, um, in our marriage for my husband. And I know that sounds really weird. And she had stated his name. Um, and I was just like, I'm just here to listen to our residents and I'm here to help them through their problems as much as I can. And I'm just a person that wants to make sure that they love where they live and that they feel safe. Um, and she shared with me that they were celebrating their one month anniversary. Um, oh. <laughs> they got back together. They did. They got remarried. And... Oh. It was just so nice, and she gave me the biggest hug and was just so excited that there were nice, genuine people in the world that even though we manage multifamily housing buildings, that we care about the people who are inside of them. And she had said that they had gone to therapy for many years and never had the breakthrough that they did when it came to that one night because apparently he went directly to her house um, that they had shared for many years and just can like said everything that was on his heart and really just like laid it all at her feet and told her it's her decision to move forward in whatever direction she would like to go. Um, and that really stayed with her and they ended up finalizing their divorce and then actually going and getting remarried, um, with their kiddos with them. So, uh, it was just such a beautiful moment. And, um, she brought me photos and just was kind of giving me an update. And I was just so grateful to have been a part of something so much bigger than what you could ever imagine in property management. We get to be a part of people's lives on a regular basis and whether it's good or bad or ugly, um, we get to be the ones that kind of lift them up and show them love when they don't feel like that's out there in the world. So, um, that's, I think my most positive story. Uh, it's always stayed with me and it, it's been several years and they actually stay in contact with me. Um, they've had two babies since, and it has just been, uh, oh such an amazing experience to, to really impact people on that level. Cause that's not always what we get to do in property management. A lot of times we, we filter through a lot of anger, um, that people have with the property or whatever that situation might be that I got to be a part of 
um, someone reconnecting with their love. So it was really great to me. The story is absolutely beautiful. And what a blessing that she told you what happened, like that you do know the true rest of the story in that one, because, you know, you're right. So often we make an impact that we are unaware of and that ripple effects just grows and grows and grows but you actually got to see what it produced and that is amazing and very beautiful and um I, I'm right there with you I'm a I'm a um co-crier <laughs> with you that is so so sweet and I'm really glad that you shared that one with us thank you all yeah, right. I, well, I thank you it. so much for being on the podcast. You are an amazing guest with just such a wealth of knowledge. And I'm sure you might be a repeat in the future. So thanks for your time again today, Alicia. Oh, not a problem at all. Alicia's stories were extreme. If you think you have your own outlandish property management stories, I want to hear those too. Please visit me at multifamilytrainer.com and submit a contact form. Then I'll reach out to you and we can get you scheduled and featured on an upcoming podcast. Well, that does it for episode number one of True Confessions Property Management. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And until next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer, signing off. Have a wonderful week, guys.